I'd like to welcome you to the fifth of our series of innovation podcasts. These talks are intended to put the spotlight on some amazing work being done by innovative UK firms. I'm Robert Baldock, the MD of Cluster, the innovation brokers. We help large companies with complex business challenges and or huge opportunities. We introduce them to our ecosystem of innovative firms that we know well and totally trust. These firms are uniquely qualified to solve problems, exploit opportunities and deliver the right solutions fast. The topic for today's podcast is getting to net zero. To help us all understand how to achieve this vital target, may I introduce you to Ben Murray, who is the CEO of Avico, a leading climate change consultancy. Ben, welcome. Hey, Rob. Ben, please tell us something about yourself and Avico. Great. Well, really good to be here and to, to be part of your network. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Ben Murray. We, we set up uh, Avico in 2007. Um, we're a business that helps um, other organisations improve their sustainability. Over the years, that's moved from very straightforward um, carbon footprinting and, and offsetting um, to where we find ourselves today, which is where some really knotty topics in sustainability, such as net zero, science-based targets, um, supply chain, social risk are, are right on the agenda of um, the senior leadership teams and the businesses we work with. Most large companies seem to have made a commitment to get to net zero by no later than 2050. How well do they understand the task ahead? So I don't think any of us actually understand it completely well, to be honest, Rob. I, I, so, so if that gives you your first answer, I, I suspect most management teams don't. Um, I think we are at a moment in history where it's really important that we see those commitments from across the economy, whether that's um, the government. You know, in the UK, we've legislated um, for net zero by 2050 or whether that's the, the economic players, the businesses setting out their ambitions. But we know that to get to net zero, we've got to eliminate 80% or more of the emissions that we cause from our business activities. And whilst I think there are many technologies and many innovations um, available to us today, I think there are very few management teams who hand on heart could say they know how those, those innovations, those technologies are going to play out over the next couple of decades in their business. Um, and I would I would I would suggest that, that that further still, you know, we work with businesses that are on very, very steep growth trajectories. So they are um, they are looking to do two things at once, look to um, expand that top line at the same time as in absolute terms of removing those greenhouse gas emissions. I, I think that's a challenge all of us have, have yet to completely work out. I'm assuming a logical start point is to map out your current carbon footprint. Am I correct? And if so, what's involved in doing this? Um, you're right. So, um, you know, if we're setting out on a journey, then we, we need to understand the, the start point. Um, and in, in net zero, in, in greenhouse gas emissions, that is what we would call your baseline carbon footprint. Um, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a relatively straightforward task for those of us that know how to do it. Um, one thing that is becoming um, an increasing challenge for businesses when they do this is, is the the arrival, if you like, in the in, in the circle of, of concern of the value chain, both up and downstream. Um, and this means that um, businesses can no longer simply set um, their carbon footprint and their targets on their own operation. They need to look at their suppliers and, and indeed the suppliers of those suppliers. They need to look at the products and services that they provide in use. Um, and we're seeing that um, equally 
in financial services where actually um, the, the the requirements are moving to look at the carbon footprint of the of the investment portfolio and the debt portfolios that we hold, not just the operations of the of the financial institutions themselves. So it is the right place to start. Um, it, 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 it is relatively straightforward if you've got the right expertise on tap. Um, what's getting complicated is drawing the right boundary around it to make sure that um, all of the right emissions are caught in that starting point. How big a job is it to get to net zero? Can it be achieved without the use of carbon capture and storage technologies? So I, I think it's a it's a very significant task. I, you know, I, I like to say that um, it's it's coming to work on Monday and all the lighting, the cooling, the IT is on um, as usual. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, everything's off. That's the that's the level of change that, that an 80 percent reduction in, in emissions requires. So, you know, in, in the end, we, we can't run the economy state in a, in a, in a sustainable manner um, and rely very, very heavily on offsets. We actually do have to remove the emissions from the, that are caused from the activities that, that we undertake. So, you know, long term, I think we can get there um, without removals um, to a significant extent. But the journey to get there requires us to remove the emissions and reduce them faster than we're going to be able to. So, you know, the short answer is we need those removals. We need that caption, that, that carbon capture um, as we make our journey to very low carbon operations. In his latest book on climate change, Bill Gates encouraged people to apply innovative thinking to this huge task. Can you give us some examples of how you've helped your clients innovate? Yeah, I think I think that you know the, the innovation goes in in a couple of different directions. So I think there is there's innovation in in the management of of, of carbon reduction, and we've seen some really interesting examples of um, innovations around leadership KPIs and long term incentive plans. So building carbon pricing into the way that um, some of our clients are, are setting their their um, their investment plans, their their strategic plans. So that's really important because the decisions have to bite. Um, we've seen innovation in the way that businesses are reducing carbon in their in their operations. So we work with some online retailers who are moving to distributed hubs for their for their distribution network. So we have fewer goods traveling the world as they as they move towards their customers. Um, we work with uh, Croda, the specialty chemicals company that are innovating in terms of their raw material source. So they start to bring in renewable um, sources of of the of the the component chemical products that they use, rather than reaching for petrochemical products. But there's also innovation in in the products and the services that businesses are taking to market. So we are seeing in some of our fashion clients uh, a move to lifetime guarantees. So we work with Sea Salts, they're a, a sustainable fashion brand. They they guarantee some of the clothing that you can buy from them for life. Um, Patagonia led the charge with that a number of years ago, but we're seeing that kind of innovation, take back programs, um, moving products to services. Um, Michelin is a really nice example. They started selling distance to um, to commercial fleets rather than just tyres, um, and, and that encourages them to make tyres that last longer if they're if they're selling you the distance that you can drive on them. So innovation required in 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 every direction, but I think it's not just can we eliminate the um, the emissions. It's it's how do we manage it. How do we make sure we're on the right track? And indeed, how do we take sustainability to our markets? There are many other firms offering services such as yours. Uh, what makes you better or different? It's a really good question. And I think I think we, we, we find ourselves at a kind of intersection of, of three, um, three things that we think our clients need is, is firstly, 
we we know sustainability we know inside out we have a team of people who know waste who know water who know products who know carbon who know energy and and that's to be expected we call ourselves a sustainability team so we we need to know our stuff but but the the trick is how does that get applied in a way that businesses can can get hold of can make it part of the way they operate and so you know you might find more traditional management consultants or business services for the teams that get business and 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 how they can help make decisions and 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 move move change programs in there we we have that in the team as well but our mission is to make sustainability more than a word and there's an awful lot of talking about sustainability and i'm a firm believer at some point we need the numbers we need the data to understand the baseline to understand the targets to understand where we need to get to and um, we have a specialist data um, analytics team and a software team that have got some really nice tools and approaches to making sure that the data we've got backs up to the decisions and the actions we help elsewhere. So my final question Ben, what three bits of advice would you give large companies who are working towards net zero? Oh that's a really good question. Um, so I think I think the first thing is is take time to understand what's actually at risk and what the opportunities are and translate the the the, the broad statements about sustainability ambitions such as net zero into something that actually has genuine value to your business understand what's at stake for your business in taking this on and whether that's short term or or medium term or even even longer term um secondly um it needs to be understood by the leadership team so it, we can talk all day about net zero and carbon emissions and boundaries and life cycle analysis but if the leadership team doesn't get it then then it's really hard to it's really hard to move forward and then the third thing is i think there's a real need to build a kind of ecosystem of of innovation around businesses no one business can solve this on its own whether that's working with your immediate suppliers and helping them to improve their supply chains or whether it's in engaging fully with customers to understand how you can add sustainability to to their lives or indeed full and, and proper engagement with the investment community what are they looking for in terms of sustainability risk going forward all of that requires partnership and innovation across um, business boundaries those are the three i would go for and i guess there's no harm working with your competitors either <laughs> indeed and you know and there are some sectors where that level of collaboration is vital so in the cutthroat world of online fashion and we work with a you know a whole range of brands in that in that space the sustainability teams all know each other and in fact their supply chains intersect you know relatively quickly as you move back from the the consumer facing brands and actually they need to work together to make the the, the manufacturing powerhouses in the countries where they are um, more sustainable and so the level of collaboration is 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 very high in that sector and we and we see that across all sorts of all sorts of sectors well thanks ben for being my guest today and for telling us how to get to net zero and save our planet that's it for now uh do look out for our next episode of cluster innovation podcasts this is your host robert baldock wishing you a safe but hopefully innovative day <laughs>